Impression of the Denver Broncos defense That's yesterday. What it looked like. Is that what you're saying? Know what? I was going to go Bears or Broncos. <laughs> I was. I took a half second to decide which way to go. He beat me to it. So, nice. well, so again, good. comedy podcast now number three right. on yep. the list. Rushing it. Welcome yeah. into Fantasy Focus Football. It is Monday, September 25th. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. I am here with Field Jates and Mike Clay. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We got some injury updates. We got Taylor Swift in Kansas City. We had a fullback return a kickoff for a that touchdown awesome, in Houston. That was le- like legitimately cool. Why fullback slash tight end. Yeah. There was too much going on yesterday. I think in a normal week, we would be talking a lot more about oh, it. Oh, totally. Shout out to you, Andrew Beck. Yes, sir. But we have to start with the one game that all of us were the most excited to be able to watch. The Dolphins absolutely crushed the Denver Broncos. That was unbelievable. 70 to 20. You heard that right. 70, 70 points. points. This is amazing. 70 to 20. They win by 50. I really they had a chance to kick a field goal. He's the only one that would have been able to see any of those other games. Right. He would have still been alive he when was, that happened. Yeah, he actually was there for that 73 point <laughs> outburst like 62 years ago. There are four teams that have not yet played their third game this season. Of the 28 teams that have played so far three games, the Dolphins have more points, had more points yesterday than half of them. 14 of the 28 teams that have played three games have not scored a total of 70 points this season. The the Dolphins had 70 yesterday. Unbelievable. Unreal. And it was all done with their running backs. Here's the thing. Tyreek Hill scored 30 fantasy points. He was the third highest scoring player on the team. I mean, it is unreal. This was a day for the ages. Literally. History. It really was. Uh, and Devon A. Chain, if you're watching the video, Hold you on. see. That's not. A. Chan. A. Chan, we found out. What? It Devon has A. Chan. been corrected. He corrected it himself last night. That was Peter King. The, yes. No way. That was in the yeah. pronunciation guide. Correct. Yes. And so, I don't okay. know how that one wasn't clarified sooner because it feels like he's had A, ample opportunities. And I kind of feel like this came up at one point. I actually think the great Keith Lipscomb at one point emailed us this summer yes, exactly. and made sure mm-hmm. that we knew it was Devon A-Chain. That was the player's preference. Last night, he tells Peter King it's Devon A-Chain. I'm not sure what's more surprising. The fact that A-Chain went for four touchdowns and actually had more fantasy points than Raheem Mostert, who had over 45, or that his last name is now A-Chain and not A-Chain. <laughs> and not yeah, this happens sometimes. Speaking of the of these teams, I think uh, Patrick, it was Patrick Sertain, for yeah, a long time, Sertan. that's Patrick Sertan, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you see yeah. that. You see that in hockey a lot, actually. But uh, anyway, uh, A-Chan, who played, what, a handful of snaps? and He didn't play at all in week one. He was healthy scratch week yes. two. He played a little bit at a couple of fantasy points. He's the number five scoring fantasy running back this season. Not this week. Yeah, this, this season. Just from week three. It was all from week three. Yeah. So let's put some numbers to it because it was utterly ridiculous. 51.3 fantasy points for Devon A. Chan. He had four total touchdowns. Yep. He had 18 rushes for 203 yards. Here's what we knew about A. Chan coming into the NFL. The guy could freaking fly. Yes. Freaking fly. Fastest running back in the draft. One of the smallest running backs in the draft. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason why he dropped the 84th overall on top of the fact that teams are not drafting running Running backs as high other than, I guess, Bijan and Jameer Gibbs is here. But the point is, the guy can absolutely fly and he is a perfect fit for the Miami Dolphins. The problem we were wondering about coming into the season was the team has a legitimate investment in Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr., Absent injuries, was A-Chan going to have a real role in this offense? 
even on a day in which Mostert scores four touchdowns, Achan finds the end zone four times as well, with Jeff Wilson Jr. being out, Savant Ahmed being out. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Achan had a real role. Do you think this is something or nothing, Mike, going forward? This is a tricky one because Achan uh, didn't even lead his backfield in snaps, to your point. Yeah. Mostert played 51. He played 42% of the snaps. Jeff Wilson, when he comes back, you would expect to have some sort of role here. And they're, this is a hot take. You ready for this one? No. Nope. Oh. Miami will not score 70 points most weeks. What? Wow. They will not. In fact, I don't think they'll score 35 most weeks. Uh, I mean, that would be, yeah. Yeah. It's going to matter of fact. Uh, Just scoring 35 would be I mean, great teams score like four touchdowns a game. That's like, if you average four touchdowns, that's like peak New England Patriots. Right. uh, Dynasty. That's that's 28 points plus a couple field goals. That's like low 30s. Right. Okay. So uh, there's... It's tricky. Like, I'm already thinking ahead to this week, like where we're going to rank these guys. And if we have Mostert ahead, he was still the lead back here, and he's playing well. He's the number one scoring fantasy running back this season. Where does their 1A or 1B running back file in? Probably as a... You know, you can't bench him after this, but he's probably a fringe RB too. Yeah, I mean, I would... uh, Mostert, you mean? Well, no. I'm sorry. H-A-N, 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 I'm is sorry. probably a fringe RB2, most or more right, of a right, fringe right. RB1 at this, this point. week. Even against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo? Yeah. That's what I mean. That's, tough that's the other thing. Very tough, uh, very tough matchup, and they're coming off a dominant win as well. Right. The question I think that I'm wondering, and again, I'm not saying these are exactly the same thing, but some elements are comparable, is week one, small sample size, Brees Hall crushes it. Exactly, yeah. Comes back over his next two games, Mm -hmm. granted against good defenses, and granted Zach Wilson is the pits as a quarterback, but Brees Hall has been very much kept in check over the past two weeks. Yep. I I guess here's what I would say. This is how far I'm willing to go right now without having processed my week four rankings yet with Mm -hmm. A-Chant, is that absolutely unquestionably should be added in basically every league right now. Yep. Because even if the chance of him becoming the guy that ends up leading the running backs and snaps is like, 10% 10% for the rest of the season, it's still a worthwhile roll of the dice because this might be the most explosive offense we've seen in I don't know, probably since the Patrick Mahomes 50 touchdown year back in 2018, right? So, so far, I want yeah. as much of this Dolphins offense, mm-hmm. unless it's a tight end, as I can get. Also, both of those two running backs, once Jeff Wilson comes back, that are playing in front of him, absolutely continually have injury concerns over and over year sure. after year. Yeah. So you just want to talk about when we look at loading up our end of the be- uh, end of our bench, Devon Achan, Achan, I'm going to do that a bunch. No, Devon yeah. Achan is perfect for Our that. Los Angeles Chargers for that's the rest what, of this season, right? No, yeah. the San Diego Chargers. Um, yeah, so I think he's worth adding. I got to sort course, of, yeah. I need to process this, but I would say like absolutely unquestionably should be added this week. And what a fun player to watch oh, man. on a day in which Tua Tungavailoa threw, I think, two touchdowns right-handed. He is a lefty, righty, no-look mm-hmm. touchdown passes. We're not talking about that. This is a footnote. That's how ridiculous yesterday was. And I know that we've talked about HN, but dude, shout out Raheem Mostert. He, looks I mean, great he too. is, there is going to be a time where Mostert is not carrying the load as much as he has through the first three weeks, but probably the best value in draft so far, because even after the news of Jeff Wilson going on IR popped, the fact that he could have been back or will be back probably by week five, it's not like Mostert catapulted to like, mm-hmm. you know, the third round, right? right. He went eighth, ninth, tenth round, maybe even later, pre Jeff Wilson Jr. news. He's been tremendous. If you have Raheem Mostert, there's a real shot your team is, you know, heading towards three and L after tonight. Yeah, I mean he's the number one scoring fantasy running back now. Seems he was good, already right? he was already decent weeks one and <laughs> yeah. two, and now this. Uh, yeah, he's uh, I would say he's in that MVP conversation early on. Uh, I think we're gonna learn a lot in week four because uh, again, we Bales. saw Miami start well, yep. then they came back to earth against New England, good defense, and they had this explosive game against Denver, and then maybe back to earth a little bit against Buffalo. 
but it's on the other side as well. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot about this Denver defense, and if this is a defense we're going to be able to take advantage of all season, oh, they play on. Chicago. What happened to that defense? They were good last year. Yeah, mm. well, I mean, Justin Simmons is out, but still. Sure, I mean, yeah, Patrick he's a Sertan, great player. Right. You have Zach Allen, which is a massive investment up front. Uh, Frank Clark, I think, was out for this one. I, I knew Ed Rush would be an issue for them, but still, it doesn't really matter. It's an NFL defense. You should right. not be giving up 70 points. There's you no should, excuse for what we by saw the way, yesterday. A week after, and the blueprint is way too strong of a characterization because Miami still won the game. But don't you think if you're the Broncos, you'd just say, let me try to figure out exactly what the Patriots did last mm-hmm. week, right? It wasn't perfect, but they kept Tyree Kill relatively in check, right? Now, the, the ground game got them. If you're playing the Dolphins, I know that they just scored 70 points with eight touchdowns from the running backs yesterday. The calculus needs to be, if they want to ground and pound us and win, we'll take it. Like, good for them, right? Because you can't, you cannot hang with them in a track meet through the air. I don't know what the Broncos were thinking yesterday, but what well, a they, terrible performance I mean, they couldn't stop the run either, though. Yeah. So even if they were, <laughs> I guess maybe they just load the boxes and nothing worked. Nothing yeah. worked in this one. Yeah, I, but just shout out to the Dolphins. And, mm-hmm. and to a terrific, looked great, way too over-discussed, like, just a good football player, been fantastic this year. Uh, shout out to you, Tua. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this so you guys don't have to. But the karma police came real hard for Sean Payton this week. Yeah. Might be the worst coached football defense that I have seen all season long. It's been a long time since we've over how many years? Over 70 years since yeah. we've seen a team give up 70 points in the NFL. Yeah, he was and, not and happy after remember the this, game either. This is a team that held the Raiders in check, which it wasn't saying much in week one. They still lost yes. it was close. And Washington, they had the big lead and blew it. And 35. Washington went off yeah. against them. So that's this is carried over actually from week two, this defensive, uh, these defensive issues. Also, shout out to Unfortunately, uh, Jalen Waddle cannot believe that the he Dolphins scored him back. 70 points and he doesn't even get to be a Trade part him. of this game. Trade him. He's holding That's him back. Unbelievable. All right. We're going to take a break here for a second field. But first, help us out with some bills. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance and start every Miami Dolphin in fantasy? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, it didn't actually say that part. Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus add an easy to use mobile app available 24 hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Whatever you're looking forward to this season. I mean, if you're a Broncos fan, probably looking forward to Chicago next week. The draft. At this point, yeah. NBA season, maybe. (laughs) Baseball starting up again. Well, there's one thing that pairs well with every great moment. A nice cold Miller Lite. That's just 96 calories a can. Miller Lite is the only light beer you'll want to celebrate with all season long. So whether you're at the stadium playing fantasy football or watching the game at home or at the bar, Miller Lite is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. From kickoff till the clock runs out. You can't go wrong with Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like, you know, well, beer? There isn't one. It's got 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you'll feel it in your heart. Make a Miller time all season long. Get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash FFF, or 
You can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Yeah, way to close that out. Crushed it. Mike, have you ever dreamed of hitting the road in your very own customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter? I'm closing mm. my eyes thinking mm-hmm. about it now. Yep. Following college football all season long, hitting all the biggest games in college football's most celebrated stadiums at ESPN, we dreamed that dream. And with the help of Mercedes-Benz, we made it happen. This year, our very own Jen Lada has teamed up with Mercedes-Benz designers to create a road-ready, full-functional, state-of-the-art podcast studio on wheels. The ride is pure Mercedes-Benz with all-wheel drive and the latest driver assistance safety technology. The podcast studio must be seen and heard to be believed a spacious and chill conversation space with mics, a camera, mixing board to capture all the action on board. Jen Lotta will be interviewing some of the biggest names in college football and points to Mercedes-Benz for always bringing some extra. Out back of the Sprinter, they're innovating, pushing the science of the tailgate complete with a grill, a cooler, TV monitors, and more. This is hashtag van life meets the fan life. To get an inside look of this one-of-a-kind, blow-your-mind collaboration and how it came together, visit mbvans.com slash Sprinter Labs, the Mercedes-Benz ESPN College Football Podcast Sprinter, coming soon to a game near you. All right, Daniel Dopp, Field Jates, and Mike Clay back yeah. here on Fantasy Focus Football. We are going Off to- and rolling, no more breaks. That's right. We are going- Let's go. Nonstop. Full throttle. We got a bunch of stuff to get through. We're going to start, unfortunately, with a couple of injuries. Derek Carr went yep. down <laughs> in that game against the Packers. It has been reported to be an AC sprain right. field. Yep. It doesn't sound like this is going to be season ending. We were worried about that, but the timetable for him coming back is a little bit unknown. seems like we should at least plan for maybe not having him here in week yeah, four. Yeah, it sounds like we could see a Jameis Winston start in mm-hmm. week four for the Saints and obviously sucks to see this for Derek Carr, a yeah. guy who had been playing pretty solid football for them so far. They were 2-0 entering week three. Of course, they blew that 17-point lead yesterday. But for Jameis, I don't know. First of all, we were not starting Derek Carr in one quarterback mm-hmm. league, so nope. it's not like you have to find a quarterback replacement most likely. Uh, for Jameis, though, while he is a player that uh, is often discussed and sometimes highly criticized, he's probably one of the, what, three best backups in the entire mm-hmm. NFL? Perfectly capable backup. So I don't think this has a dramatic impact on that Saints offense going forward. I still love Chris Olave, who, despite not finding the end zone, is pacing for over 1,700 receiving yards and about 120 catches this season. That sounds good. Seems good. Yeah, he's been (laughs) nothing short of a star. He's amazing. Uh, The Saints offense should be able to continue to move the ball through the air like it has so far, and they get Alvin Kamara back this week. Yeah, kind of an interesting spot. Maybe to try to trade for Chris Olave. Very quiet tremendous season so far he's fourth in targets but has zero touchdowns and yeah. that is kind of making it sneaky like he's not really performing at that level yet he absolutely is and he could finish as a top five fantasy receiver this season plus the car injury maybe a window here to try yeah. and go out and trade for him just a little low he might be a little undervalued by the way Derek right Carr, career high average depth of throw we know Jameis Winston infamous for throw you know being aggressive no risk it, no risk yep. so we might not see a big change in uh, in the offensive scheme here, maybe more turnovers, unfortunately. That's mm. been a problem for Winston, but otherwise, I'm with you. Should be pretty straightforward. I love what you just said, Field. No risk it, no risk it. We have our uh, start sit coin from yes, Trophy Smack it. right oh, here. Oh, nice. And on one side, you can figure out whether you want to start or sit. It says no risk it to get the biscuit on one side. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, pretty I good. I love that. Check out our friends over at Trophy Smack uh, in case you want to get anything for your fantasy league. They got a Including bunch of good a stuff. Including a coin flipper. That's awesome. That's right. Uh, let's also talk about, you guys good with Derek Carr? Yep, And the Saints offense. All right, let's talk about Mike Williams. Mike Williams looked awesome. 
He did. Last he was week. having a great yeah. day so yesterday. Good. Yeah, and he's been pretty solid so far this season mm-hmm. as been. well. Unfortunately for Mike Williams, the injury bug bit again yesterday. Knee, Knee injury, injury. Uh, nothing specific at the time of our chat right now, 11.15 a.m. Eastern time on the East Coast. But the initial prog- prognosis uh, based off reporting did not sound very good nope. here for Mike Williams. Nope. Could be an extended absence for him. Keenan Allen absolutely mashed. We'll talk about that game in a second. But Mike Quinton Johnston, a first-round pick, might be walking into a juicy opportunity. Yeah, so he's been the four so far yeah. this season, uh, very clearly. In fact, this was a little concerning for me, and th- this might not carry forward. Look, if Quentin Johnson's on waivers, you're scooping him up. If Josh Palmer's out there, you're scooping him up. You want yeah. both of these guys. Palmer, short-term, probably going to be the two, Johnson the three. But this Johnston is what concerns me. For the team. Right. I said that, I think. Did I not enunciate the T for Johnston. you? Johnston. Okay. Johnston. Ton, tons of Johns. All right. Uh, here's the pass routes. <laughs> Lots of Johns, get it? Get it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. A little bad joke. Stuck yeah. it in there. Here's the routes after uh, Mike Williams left the game. Keenan Allen, nine. Josh Palmer, nine. Quentin Johnston, yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, they went to more 12 personnel. Yeah. Stone Smart was getting wrapped. When you say 12 yeah. personnel, does that mean that I should be adding Donald Parham? In, um, Maybe he is. What is he a top five scorer at, yeah. at tight end so far this season? We could see more 12 personnel from the Chargers, something we're not used to. Uh, but again, Johnson is a first round wide receiver yep. he should absolutely be on your roster we thought this might be the case anyway even with Williams it might take some time for him to break out it looks like that's going to be the case regardless yeah and I always remind people that sometimes a team's in-game adjustment can be different than when they have Agreed. a full week yes. to prepare for how they're going to account for an injury so yep. while Johnston did not play as much as Josh Palmer yesterday after the Mike Williams injury Maybe with the full week of prep when they play the Raiders next week, it's more of Johnston in that Mike Williams. That might have been a little game script related, too, because I think they were they had the edge down. Like in the fourth quarter, they were up. So even when throwing, they might have been protecting a lead. I'd have to check exactly what the, sure. the script was. But nonetheless, uh, I would have liked to see 9-9-7 nine, nine, and seven, or 9-9-8 totally. nine, nine, yeah. in terms yep. of pass routes. But something to think about. What a game this was, though, Daniel. It was yeah. unbelievable being able to watch. I feel like Justin Herbert without Austin Eckler back there, is throwing the ball quite a bit more than what we had seen from him. 47 passes in this game, guys. Mm -hmm. 47. A big part of that for me, Joshua Kelly, done on my fantasy team. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, let's move on to the next (laughs) topic. So Justin Herbert, the top-scoring fantasy quarterback this season. He is the top-scoring fantasy quarterback. You want to know why? Because he threw 47 (laughs) times because Joshua Kelly was bad. Circled right back. All right, so let's let's, let's just hit the Joshua Kelly thing one time. And I don't want to, you know, yuck it up too hard. No, do it. These are still humans. But, uh, you know, as I told you guys last week, my primary concern with Josh Kelly is I don't think he's very good at football. Mm -hmm. He keeps getting opportunities and keeps not producing. Uh, Yesterday was yet another example as he had 11 carries for 12 yards. He had 2.7 fantasy points yesterday. It turns out I was about 50 spots too high on him and I was the lowest person amongst all the rankers yeah uh in two games for that Austin Eckler 24 carries for 51 yards only two targets and one catch that's very disappointing not what I expected the guy was more productive in week one with uh Austin Eckler than he's been two weeks combined without him is super disappointing and the irony here is Kelly was a guy I had way down my board coming into the league not a fan. I I'm know. surprised he's yeah. he's he's overachieved Justin my Moore. expectations winning a two job in this league, uh, but very discouraging so far. And Isaiah Spiller got more run over Elijah Dotson in this one. I wonder if maybe he starts to push for that two job. Man. So to keep an eye on. it, it does feels- sound like, by the way, that Austin Eckler might very well sit out week four. They have a buy in week four five or six to the Chargers. So it sounds like there's mm-hmm. a possibility that Eckler will avoid IR and yet still not play until like possibly week six or week seven. Yes. Things feel a little goofy right now with that Austin Eckler situation. Like I can't quite put my finger on it. It just feels a little off. How old is he? 
28. He's 28. Yikes. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not talking about, I mean, he said he could still go. The guy was freaking RB2 uh, No, I know that, but that's one. injury. Look, there's a lot one. of reasons why once you yeah. hit that that age, that, like injuries, ineffectiveness, things start to start to knock running backs down. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of them like that. Aaron Jones. Is that guy? I mean, Derrick Henry, we're going to get to him. So uh, Shout out Justin saying. Herbert just once more time because he was brilliant. Uh, Daniel, I know you noted he's one of two quarterbacks that has at least 20 fantasy points in every game this season. The other being Jordan Love. Which one of those do you feel like is more sustainable? though? I think that Justin Herbert is probably Probably more sustainable than mm. Jordan Love. We'll talk about Jordan Love very briefly a little bit later yeah. on in the show. Uh, but Keenan Allen, dude, how about Let's this talk guy? about this guy. Freaking oh, my gosh. Beast. He has been unbelievable. Age apparently mm. not a factor with him, Mike Clay. No, and, and that's something we talked about with him in the offseason, which is if you're going to sustain production into your 30s, it's probably because you're a short-range slot mm-hmm. sort of receiver, which yeah. he is. Uh, he is. I looked this up last night. He had 20 targets and 18 catches in this game. Uh, one of five players in league history with 20 plus targets and 18 plus catches in a game. Yep. Five times that's wow. been done. Two were Brandon Marshall. Actually. I was just going to say Brandon Marshall, the Jason only two Witten that I know was another. I can't remember who the, the other one was. He's but also the only player ever yeah. with three yeah. games of 15 more catches. Yeah. So he's uh, he's been incredible. He's actually the number one scorer in fantasy right now, more than any quarterback, anyone else. Totally crushing it. And this is not new. I should mention this 10.8 targets per game in 11 games since he came back from that injury mm-hmm. in the middle of last season. He's been almost 100 yards per game. The guy is unbelievable. Yeah, I think I truly believe the only concern for Keenan Allen coming into the season for anybody was will he be able to stay healthy for the full 18 games? Right. I don't think anybody would have said, hey, if you told me he was going to play 17 games mm-hmm. in over 18 weeks, you'd probably be like, yeah, like borderline top 10 wide receiver, right? He's been better than that, that, obviously. And with Mike Williams out, it means even more force feeding him the football. And this team can't run the ball without Aston Eckler. So they might be throwing it 47 times again against the Raiders next week. Kirk Cousins looked exactly like we expected against this Chargers defense. The conversation yep. for me is Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison got points finally for fantasy managers, 17 and a half fantasy points. Took a while to get there, though. It, yeah. it was a little tough sledding for Alexander to be able to get there, but at least we got it as a fantasy manager. Are you nervous, though, after this game? I might, this might be an opportunity to potentially sell high here on Alexander Madison okay. for a couple of reasons. To your point, it wasn't a particularly efficient effort. 25 touches, 27 opportunities. He had seven targets, turns into 17 and a half fantasy points. There were goal line opportunities. They were unable to convert. Mm-hmm. I still think the offensive line is a problem here. That being said, given how how thin running back depth is right now, even if Cam Akers starts to play a little bit of a role, I don't know that giving away Alexander Madison, unless you can get a capable replacement RB2, is a worthwhile investment. Yeah, volume is king as long as you're getting volume, and he needs all the volume he can get to be a, a good RB2 right now. If Akers starts to play a little bit, it could be a problem. All right, Field Jates, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus. We are diving into the Chiefs. Guys, as long as Taylor Swift is in the building, I'm starting every Chief that there is. All 22 of them. Ha, 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 ha. Starters, ah, offense, and defense. I've been doing as many of these puns as I can. Uh, guys, what a moment. That was electric. Like, I got to say, really of was. all the uh, war room experiences that I've had, yesterday was certainly on the short list of wildest. I got a text <laughs> yesterday, and I was like, someone texted me. is was like, hey, I'm at Arrowhead. And Taylor Swift will be here soon. And I was like, haha, very funny. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you better nope, vet this out. I heard the rumors. Yes. So I, I texted Shefty and I was like, you hear about this? And he was like, time to go to work, baby. <laughs> Adam Shefty <laughs> did tweet about it a lot. probably <laughs> broke about, I don't know, what, 17,000 stories in his career. And I was like, I guarantee you, if you break this news, if it's accurate, and of course he found mm-hmm. out it's accurate. It was accurate. He goes and tweets it, and it got like 8,000 retweets. His re- his tweet was like, Taylor Swift is at the game today. And that's it. Yeah. That's, people were just pumped about it. What a How performance cool from her. It was awesome. What a performance yeah, from her. Yeah, she was great. Yes, yeah. she was great in our fantasy lineup, seeing her up there with Mama Kelsey, being excited with everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Let's talk about these Chiefs. Do you guys mind? 
This was Please what do. we were I mean, I'm wearing my Taylor shirt, so yeah. I'm ready. Oh, wow. Uh, this Let's was, go. but this was vintage, right? This was a vintage Kansas City performance. Patrick Mahomes has had uh, just about twenty points per game in his first two games of the season, but they it was a grind to get there. As a matter of fact, yeah. his legs were kind of the saving grace. Yesterday was vintage Patrick Mahomes, two hundred and seventy-two passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and he barely played in the second half. Yeah, Travis Kelsey was great, and no surprise he finds the end zone yesterday. I and was, then Jarek McKinnon had to do it. what Jarek McKinnon does, baby. Didn't want it. There's going to be like four games this year where he scores over 15 yes. fantasy points, and you're never going to know which games this those are. This is what are. we expected. And and CEH got a bunch of run in this game, too. Yeah, he, he scored got a, a lot late. Yeah. He, he got mixed in a little. I looked at this uh, today because I was looking at carry shares and yeah. curious about Pacheco going forward. Was that uh, late in the game because they he, were worried He got about- mixed in a little bit, and then late he took it all after okay. they were way out of it. He had like all the carries. They only had three active running backs, so somebody had to play. It wasn't going to be McKinnon. So. I wondered if they did see. EH rather than Pacheco because he came in with a Q tag and rather than let someone who came in a little bit banged up grind it out at the end of the game. I if think they it's gave because it Pacheco is their, their best the guy. guy. They, yep. they want him healthy. They want him grinding games out. Yeah. Totally. So Pacheco still the guy that we like here in spite of the fact that all three Chiefs running backs got in the end zone this Definitely. week. Sometimes that's just yes. how it works. I right? yeah. to, No question about it. But the Chiefs I thought today were like relatively chalky. No wide receiver that's going to consistently matter that we can count on as of right now for yep. the Chiefs. Uh-huh. But you've got Two absolute megastars, arguably the best at their position. Certainly, Kelsey is the best. Mahomes on that very short list with Josh Allen and mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts and Lamar, et cetera. Um, and then Pacheco, who I think is going to have like a quite a few weeks. We've already seen two out of three where like there's just enough work for everybody else that he's going to be more like a low-end RB3, but he can have days where he ends up as a low-end RB2 like yesterday when he gets the requisite work as a runner. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think I'm comfortable with him as an RB two most weeks. I think I'll be ranking him like 17th to 19th oh, in an average I'd be matchup. A Some, little lower person, really. Okay, yeah. so, somewhere in that range. Uh, yeah, I'll say that. Uh, also, um, to your point on the pass catchers, Travis Kelsey, 22 percent target share this season. No one else is over 12 yeah. percent. And then it goes like, if you order the team, I tweeted this last night. It's like 12 percent, 11 percent, 10, mm-hmm. 9, is 8, right? 7, 6, 5. Like That's it's amazing. a great in order because yeah. they just spread it around to all these. Yeah, different a lot of we talked about that in this, this preseason field. One of the things that we talked about is do we need to stop trying to make Chiefs wide receivers a thing? Because if you look back at last year, the highest scoring fantasy wide receiver was Juju Smith-Schuster as like a mid wide receiver 30 yeah, on I, the season. I think yeah. there's hope for Sky Moore, maybe Rasheed Rice if he starts playing more to be at least a palatable receiver three. There's or hope for flex. everyone because they play with Patrick Mahomes. I just need to see it. Well, yeah, Rasheed Rice was stopped at like himself. the one inch line oh, yesterday on a play yeah. that initially was ruled a touchdown that led to a Clyde Edward DeLair rushing score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to, one of the themes for the rest of this show is going to be start or not start or start or sit, I guess would be another way of putting it, Love it. on players and for the Bears. Seriously, like I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I'm just like flat out. If you have Justin Fields as your quarterback, are you benching him this week? Yes. They're playing Denver, a team that they just are. gave up 10 touchdowns. So and? I think uh, I think I'm going to rank him as a starter. Okay. I, I You can run a lot. We know that. We've seen yeah. that in two out of three games this season. Yeah. And they're playing Denver, who just gave up 10 touchdowns. They it's can so, give up a third. If Denver so. gives up three touchdowns yeah. this week instead of 10. Wait a minute. We're still having a good Justin. I got to be honest. You say that, but like we just we just had that game against the Chiefs where they were down by thirty, and all he had to do was just run the ball everywhere, and he didn't do it this week. Like if you're not going to do it in a week where that's a good defense, though. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is pretty good. Does that make a difference if you're talking about a quarterback being able to break containment and just make plays with his legs? 
I mean, he did, right? Didn't he have, didn't he have like 11 carries in this game? What was he his style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, like, uh, what was it, for 40, 13, so, uh, for 13 I know, and a half fantasy no, he points? Ran, he actually ran. He ran a little bit. I mean, that's how he got to. So he had. Uh, so he got to 10.7 fantasy points by running a little bit. Correct. That's uh, not going to do it for little, me, guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I know. I, I, this is like, this is putting aside the analytical hat that Mike wears, and he's the best in the world at this job for many, many reasons, and putting the emotional hat on because mm-hmm. you can do a good job of not being emotional. Daniel and I, I can't. I'm a robot. I'm bad. I'm bad about not being a robot. No, you, that's why you're great. See, that's just why you're like the best. Justin right. Fields was just complaining about being right. a robot. No, I'm serious. <laughs> like the, you're as good as the, you're better than everybody else at this. But you're so, like I'm too emotional to have such a pragmatic take that you just did. If I have Justin Fields and I only have him on one team this year, and he is, I, I've got I have Kirk Cousins. So I I guess. Coming into the season, I thought Kirk Cousins was my quarterback too. Feels like we've yeah, made a quick switch there. And until further notice, it'll be Justin Fields on the bench for me. And mm-hmm. I'm going to have to have him outside my top 10 because when you just watch the game, when there were only three games in the afternoon slate yesterday, and obviously uh, it was hard not to want to watch this Chiefs game because Taylor Swift was there. Um, eyeball test is bad. It's yep. really bad. And I just trust, man. It's just hard for me to trust Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I hope he goes off for 25 fantasy points next week. And I have assuaged those concerns, but until further notice, I'm going to have a hard time playing him. And same goes for DJ Moore, man, because Justin Fields in this passing offense is a complete wreck right now, a complete and utter wreck. Yeah. It's, it's tough because DJ Moore is a 29% target share, but it has them. And has a yard catch. that would have been just, and, he dropped yeah. it. And he had a garbage time touchdown, which really saved his fantasy day. Oh, Otherwise, he would have two, yeah. Yeah. two complete disasters. I'm with you. That, that target share has some 2022 Falcons vibes to it with London. It does. Mm-hmm. Big yes, target yes. share and an unproductive offense is a concern. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you. This is I a got, tough one. I got quite a few quarterbacks that I would rather start over, over, any bears, or not just any bears, but specifically over Justin Fields. There's no, by the way, there's no bears that I feel great starting right now. I don't yeah, want to start DJ Moore. Don't want to start anything. We'll have to touch back on this later in the week. Maybe no, we'll definitely. Let's we'll revisit it for yeah. sure. But maybe uh, more yes. bet potential on Justin. Love it. Fields. Okay, we'll I'm in for we'll it. Okay, wow. Let's right. talk. Uh, but you just, there are a lot of quarterbacks you trust. A lot more of quarterbacks. Justin Fields is I, Deshaun Watson one of them? I don't know how to feel after this game. Field. Here's the thing. He looked as good as he's looked in a Browns uniform. Also, left a touchdown on the field on what was the worst officiating call of the game. Oh my god. When Amari. Cooper didn't run out of bounds, Crazy. but apparently was called. Where he ran out of bounds. Yeah, it was like 18 inches away from me. Not only do I not know what defensive pass interference anymore, I don't know oh, what the sidelines look anymore. Sure. No, like that was, that was really tough. But I mean, as far as Deshaun Watson, yeah, it's as good as he's looked in a Browns uniform. It was as good as he's looked in a Browns uniform. It's funny, even like the plays. The, the problem is like the plays that aren't good are just so spectacularly bad that you're like, oh my god! Like yesterday, <laughs> you mean the one he threw the, the ball back. Yes, it was a Carson Wentz. Like he's about to get sacked, and rather than just like holding onto the ball and taking a six yard loss he throws the ball the opposite of the line of scrimmage like backwards towards his own end zone and fortunately jerome ford i know elijah moore grabs it and ends up getting tackled but still it was just ridiculous but here's the encouraging thing we were talking about this before the show the three of us is that great matchup i mean the greatest of matchups for a quarterback right now and he has a good game it would have been and so is that encouraging Absolutely. Is it enough for me to feel like he has turned the tide and he's figured it out as a thrower? I'm not quite there yet, but I am definitely encouraged by what I saw from Deshaun yesterday. Yeah, hosting the Ravens this week. So we'll yep. see how that goes yep. for him. Uh, I'll tell you what, we talked about this on Fantasy Football Now yesterday morning. I want to see more high percentage throws yeah. for Watson instead of just firing it downfield at the out of bounds. And what they do, they came out of the game and manufactured touches for Elijah, Elijah Moore, Moore, who yeah, had like great. a ton of volume right out of the gate. I like that. And that gives me some optimism going forward. He only had six incompletions in this game, 27 to 33. I think that's a good sign for going forward. If he can throw, 
be you know a high a high completion rate going forward, and he adds some value with his legs. Watson can hang in there as a back end QB one. We told you guys coming into this game, if Jerome Ford has a quiet day as a rusher, don't be bothered. It's okay. He had ten carries for eighteen yards. That's the bad news. The good news is it was against the Titans. It should get easier. And he found the end zone twice. Twice. So it ended up paying off. I could not be more. Like, I'm very bullish on Jerome Ford as a as an RB2 going forward. Yeah. Uh, I wish I saw him a little bit more out of the gate. There was more Kareem Hunt and yeah, was uh, Pierre start. Strong that yeah. than I liked. But I will say this. I looked a little closer at the snaps and the carries. Pierre Strong had six carries in this game compared to 10 for Ford. Five of the final six carries of the game. They were protecting yep. a lead. They took Ford out of the game. So I'm with you. I think better days ahead. Much Start better or ahead. sit on Derrick Henry going forward. Oh, uh, better days are ahead on Derrick Henry too, right, Mike? Have we reached Mike? the point, though? He, he was outsnapped again. Second time in three games, outsnapped. And it was not even close. 38.7% yesterday. 38.7% yeah. of the snaps. And that, that got closer. But at the beginning of the game, he was barely even seeing the field. Major concerns. But uh, the edge in snaps so far over uh, over the rookie Tajay, Tajay Spears, 91 to 80. That is not what we expected. That's it. That is close. He's still been decent in fantasy to the point. No top 12s, but he's like hanging in there as an RB2. It's not like we're benching him yet, but definitely something's going on here. We like I, This is shocking. Let's talk about this. Why so is this snap where do you so think low? He, where do you think he ranks in terms of rushing yards so far this season? Rushing, rushing yards. yards. Well, well, he 14 is still off the play. Yep. He, had, he had the big week one, so I'll say uh, 15th. I'll say outside the top 35. Right, Mike is close, 16th. So, okay. however... And again, tiny sample size, but where do you think he ranks in terms of yards per carry so far this season? That's got to be low, right? Yeah, 120th. Yeah. yeah. 3.2 yards per carry for Derrick Henry. Is this age 29 now for him that's starting to creep wow. up? I mean, Maybe he's wow. ancient. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a weird thing. The offensive line's been dealing with some uh, with an illness. I mean, uh, Peter Skaronsky had an had appendicitis. He's probably their best offensive line, even third, though he's a yeah. rookie. Yeah. My 32nd ranked O-line coming into this season. Yeah. Maybe we should have so, con- looked at that there for sure. I think teams are just going to say, you know what? Let's go bottle him up. Like bottle up Derrick Henry, and I know that in the past that's been what they've tried to do. But like, who in the receiving group is scaring you at all? I mean, like they're not, but they're also not playing him too. Like, why? Why is there a plan for him to get outsnapped substantially at times by Ty J. Spears? He's not playing as much in passing situations. He's getting fewer routes, fewer targets. He's handling most of the carries, which is saving him, but. This is a major concern right now. 10-team totally. league. Are you adding Tajay Spears? Available in 85%? Yeah, I mean, he should hours. already be on benches. Yeah, yes. he should be on yes. benches for sure. Yeah. Totally agree. Yep. So then he's one of the main waiver ads that we have here this week. I don't know who you like. Like, who else do you even consider starting in this Titans offense? Same conversation we had with the Bears, honestly. I mean, like, I, still Steve Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah, okay. Hop is sort you of on that You radar. don't feel good about it, though? No, I mean, he's... He, DeAndre Hopkins is not the same player he once was. There's some breaking news this for you. This offense is not um, what I am excited he about. He needs to find the end zone. Yeah. He's not going to find the end zone very often in yep. this offense. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really tough. Hopefully better days are ahead for everybody within this Titans offense. So we'll hopefully wish for better days. All right. Field Jace, Mike Clay, Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus. And yeah. let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Looking like the Lamar Jackson that we used to know. Yeah, we 14 did. carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Also threw the ball 31 times for 202 passing yards. Total of 28 fantasy points field. This is the Lamar that I was looking for. Well, I think the weird part is that some people might have said, I was looking for the Lamar that could slice you and dice you for 325 through the air and I'm then okay add 50 legs. rushing yards and a touchdown. This Ravens passing offense no doubt has evolved from last year. And I think there there's a very strong case that it's better. I don't know that it's what we expected it to be, though, at this point, right? Because a lot of weapons, and it's not dominant by any stretch. However, 
Lamar was dominant yesterday because whether it was poor offensive line play or designed runs, 14 rushes for Lamar Jackson. If you told me that coming out of the gate, that's basically a guaranteed start. So he was terrific yesterday, both as a runner and a passer. We saw that. And I guess like my only take on the, uh, on on this Ravens passing offense, Mike, is that like, do we know that there's a dominant, I think you have to start Mark Andrews because there's so few tight ends, but he's had a slow start to the season by the Mark Andrews standards. Mm-hmm. Is there a must start amongst the pass catchers, though? I think Zay Flowers is borderline. There's enough on him. He bounced back in the target department yesterday. Big target share. Again, I think he's at like 33%. Even when OBJ comes back, which could be... This week, I still feel yeah. I still feel like Flowers should be in lineups. There's enough volume there for me. It's but I will weird. say this: Jackson has, you know, he, he has two top ten weeks. He's QB six in fantasy points. It's mostly been rushing because he has two out of three games with zero passing touchdowns. So it's not enough just yet. Maybe it'll be better with OBJ back. But remember, this is a team that just scored 19 points and lost at home to the Colts. So, and actually, yeah. the best kicker on the field was not so, Justin Tucker. That's right. That's that's right. Gay, who, yeah. He won them the game, basically. He was awesome. He had uh, one of the better kicker games you'll see. By the way, this is great. Like These are the fantasy things that like either keep you up today or keep keep you up at night or you have to laugh at. Yesterday morning, Jay Harris, the great Jay Harris, mm-hmm. a sports center anchor, asked me, hey, man, I'm trying to decide between Tua and Lamar Jackson. Oof. And I was like, oh, it's a tough one, obviously. But like generally speaking, Lamar's on my like, default list. You have him, you start him, even with how brilliant Tua has been. Tua scores 28.36 points yesterday. Lamar finishes with 28.18. So 0.18 apart. My bigger takeaway when someone asks me a question like that is if he does, I will feel so bad. (laughs) My bigger takeaway when you have something like that is trade one of those two players. You don't need two elite quarterbacks. It's good to have a backup quarterback, but if you can get an elite player at a different position from one of those two, I would consider making that move. You probably got two panicked quarterback managers in a Justin Field manager and a potential Joe Burrow manager that might be able Mm -hmm. To you could certainly look at swing and trade for no one doubt. of those guys. Uh, shout out Zach Moss. Yeah, he was awesome again. He was awesome. Start of the week last week, and he has been so busy, Mike. Like I know Jonathan Taylor is eligible to return in not this week, but next. But Zach Moss has earned every bit of that starting role going forward. Yeah, how many players have more Until touches over the last two weeks? Since I'm he guessing debuted? I don't know, two, three, one. Tony Pollard. Wow, wow. More I would touches not have guessed that over the last two weeks. His 30 carries yesterday for Zach Moss, most by any player in a game this season. Back-to-back top 10 fantasy weeks. We're starting him until Jonathan Taylor comes back. And then we'll see what happens. I mean, by the way, I saw someone tweet about this yesterday. When Taylor's ready to come back in week four, do not drop Zach Moss. Because we don't know what's going to happen with Taylor. Who has any idea? We don't know. He could get traded at some point still. He could could disappear again, hold out. We we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So Moss should be at least on benches this season. Last thing on the Colts. If you play in a deeper league, Josh Downs should be on your radar. Tons of targets. Tons of targets, and they are playing three receivers a ton on the field this season. Mm-hmm. Does it bother you that those targets didn't come from the guy who will be the starting quarterback of this no, team? No, because he got them when Anthony Richardson, when Richardson was playing. Was there too. Too. He's just good. He's a right. third-round pick, a lot okay. of pedigree. He was a really good player at North Carolina. Like He's legit. He's That's, yeah. the real deal. Yeah, their game plan seems to be a lot of short-range targets. We yeah. saw that with Richardson as well. Very low average depth to throw. That's their game, and it's Downs, and it's Pittman. Alec Pierce is MVS, basically. Yes. Yep, yep, just, yep, yep. When we're looking at these Detroit Lions guys, two Jameer in one Gibbs, Detroit Lions, to be two clear. in one Detroit Lions. That's right. We all had big expectations for Jameer Gibbs coming into this game, and here's the thing: mm. volume technically delivered, 
but it was not the way that I wanted it. This was the weird, like no, it didn't old deliver. Alvin Kamara. Used to, he had 18 touches. That's good call. He had 18 That's touches, and they turned him into Alvin Kamara. The wrong like, Alvin Kamara. The yes, one not after. the one that we want. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they had him running up the middle. They only gave him one target in the passing game. Part of me wants to temper expectations a little bit because it still feels like the Lions are trying to figure out without David Montgomery how to utilize Jameer Gibbs. We had him as a top 10 guy yeah. without David Montgomery here. I think the offensive line is severely banged up on the right side. I don't know how much you guys watched. I watched a lot of this game. Trust me. We were Believe to it our or not, you did. Yeah. Backup, 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 right tackle. Yeah. And so I'm looking at this feeling like I know Jameer Gibbs is so much better than this. Just so you know, the backup, 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 right tackle is actually Dan Campbell. So that's basically, so, you know what? That so actually wouldn't be bad. Yesterday. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, I actually think that for now, as crazy as this sounds, having David Montgomery is a net positive for Jameer Gibbs value because it will lead them to create totally more of those receiving touches yep. that we saw in weeks one and two. Montgomery was doubtful yesterday, so I don't know that he's a guarantee to play or not play in week four on Thursday night. Daniel's point here, but yeah, um, I still can't like get super disappointed. Like is the result was not great, but if you told me 18 touches for Jameer Gibbs, 82 yards, yeah. 82 yards, I think you'd be okay with that. Yeah. I you mean, he scores to... one touchdown. We're having a different conversation. 100%, so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about it. He, don- uh, 59% of the snaps. Here's how his touches, touches have gone per game so far, nine to 14 to 18 trending up. I know Montgomery was out, but still if Montgomery's out or limited this week, Gibbs should be in that 15 touch range. That's enough to start him. For and me. he can, he can break one. Like the dude is special in terms yeah, of that's basically come. just what we're waiting for is for him to be able to hit one. Speaking of breaking one, can I talk about really quickly, uh, the number one receiving yardage tight end in the league, Sam Travis Laporta, Kelsey, go for it. Sam Laporta. Oh. Tight end one in receiving yards, tight end two in targets, tight end three in receptions. He is the second highest scoring tight end in fantasy football. Sam Laporta is through three weeks. He's trying to prove that rookie tight ends do matter, Mike. Yeah, 18 catches in three games. That's a rookie record for tight ends. So uh, really, really impressive from... Sam Laporta, and yeah, we don't expect this from rookie tight ends. Maybe yep. the maybe the tides are changing in the NFL as these guys get more athletic and better as pass catchers right out of the gate. We do yep. see sometimes wide receivers make an immediate impact. Maybe the way the tight end position has evolved will change that. We've seen Kyle Pitts do it a couple of years ago. Yep. Pat Fryermuth, the second half of his rookie season. Now Laporta, we'll see if anyone else, like a Dalton Kincaid, for example, joins these guys. And actually, like even Luke Musgrave, fringe tight end one at this point. But so a beautiful design on that touchdown yesterday yeah. with Sam Laporta. Have you ever seen yeah, a yeah. player more wide open? He said after Beautiful. the game, he was talking to Jared Goff. He I was like, dude, it. I thought I was going to drop the pass. I was so I wide was open. waiting for it to come down. Which, yeah. By the way, those are sometimes the hardest catches because it feels like, you know, everything slows down to like a crawl and it's like, oh crap, if I drop uh, And there's 11 everybody. dudes running at you yes. the other direction. <laughs> right. um, Kyle Pitts scored eight whole fantasy points really quickly. Big day December. for him, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Does that give you any more faith? We, I, I want to move on because I, like, I don't know no what people are doing. Okay. Not nine targets at least, and we did talk about game script maybe helping boost his volume, but the production still didn't come with that 41 mm-hmm. yards in this game. Uh, he's still a fringe tight end one. When he, a tight end gets nine targets, they're a fringe tight end one at worst, but I'm still worried. Start or sit, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, any Jets offensive player? I'm still starting Garrett Wilson. Massive target chair. Had a big game week two. Yeah. Rough week Rough week three, but uh, okay. So let me ask this then. All right, let's. I was gonna say, yeah, to Daniel's point. Are you starting him like in your flex? Are you still starting him like where are you starting? Probably wide receiver three. Okay, I think rank him as wide receiver. So yeah, I guess in smaller leagues, a a flex. It's tough. How about okay? So it's it's just it's just tough, man. Like I know it's been said six thousand times over the past twenty four hours, but like 
the Jets passing offense is an absolute disaster to watch mm-hmm. right now. And they play the Chiefs on Sunday night football next week. The Chiefs defense is legit. We, we still know maybe Wednesday. We still need to have this conversation about is there a path to getting a quarterback for the Jets? We need, to have, that we need to have that conversation because yesterday because that, you, that's important. That's you, actionable. Like, totally. If you saw Robert Sala's comments yesterday in print, it was like, hey, Zach's are still our guy. Gives us the best chance to win. If you went and watched the press conference, it was like the most hesitant, like, let me be careful saying what I'm going to say, because if I say the wrong thing, it's more harmful than just saying the generic thing. This Jets offense is in a rut right now in a major way. I would rather have Mark Sanchez, Matt Ryan, yeah. Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, yeah. Troy Buck, about, Tony Car- Romo. How about Carson Wentz? Carson, any, <laughs> like, give me all of the people that are out there, like, commentating for Mike White right now. Oh, over. Yeah. All right. Field Jays, Mike Clay, Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus, and we are making our way through the week three recap. Guys, can I just say one thing before we move? Because you were talking about the quarterbacks that you would prefer, and you named a bunch of players, many of which are in the media. You also snuck Joe Buck in there. Yeah, I did. Oh, did I say Joe Buck? I meant Troy Aikman. That's my bad. Well, no, do you mean Joe Buck? You might mean Joe Buck, honestly. Pretty athletic guy, so wouldn't totally surprise me. so good. All right, I want to quickly, before we talk about the Jaguars here, Field, you had what I think was one of my favorite tweets of the weekend, and when we were talking about Justin Jefferson, he left the game for a little bit, and I was confused as to what he left the game with, and then I said, oh, Justin Jefferson, here's the tweet in case you're not... Uh, watching it Justin Jefferson was dealing with just craps huge <laughs> sigh of relief as he's now back on the field looks like I think you it's meant big cramps what can you say I think did you mean cramps I mean okay. hey, we all have to go to the bathroom sometimes yeah, it's fine it's normal it's remember, natural remember DK Metcalf getting carted exactly. off yes. go poop yep. Paul Pierce I saw um, this I didn't know what was going on I saw this I thought okay fine all right, that makes sense. I have a couple of things I don't edit tweets I hate <laughs> first of all I think it's a lame feature I hate when all of a sudden someone edits a tweet and then I don't know why Twitter hasn't figured this out but when I follow someone and they edit a tweet, it reappears in my timeline like four, four times. times. Yeah, so bizarre. Awful. So anyways, I don't edit tweets. I quote tweet instead or I just reply to it and I say my bad. You know why? Because we're not perfect. We are imperfect humans. And to be honest with you, by the time I realized I had screwed up, it had gotten so much engagement. It was so funny for everybody <laughs> that I was like, whatever. Do, you should do this more often. Right. I was like, what the heck? Why not? Like, I, I t- t- Stefania texted me and like, of course, so like politely and diplomatically, she was like, Hi there. You might want to consider editing your tweet, right? Oh, that's Me funny. My, my buddies were like, that's the crappiest tweet I've ever seen from you. Oh, that's so, pretty good. Yeah. No. Uh, All right. I hope that thing um, like continues to get retweeted for like for, you a know, while. for eternity, right? It's like, you know, 2042 and someone just retweets the Justin Jefferson <laughs> craps tweet during I'll, his Hall of Fame speech. He's like, yeah, you know, I want to thank that guy that said I had craps one game. That would, uh, that would have worked for Ty Schmidt this week too. On uh, the McAfee show, in case you saw the McAfee show this week, did yes. There was a there was a yes. big thing on there. Let's talk about yeah. the Jaguars here in week three as well. He also had cramps. Is what you're he saying? He also had cramping. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of cramping uh, going on there. Second week in a row, I've been disappointed in Trevor Lawrence and these Jaguars. Mike takes uh, the cake here in a big way. I mean, Mike told us buyer beware on Trevor Lawrence this week. Boom man. Bu- yeah, boom bust for sure. Uh, but it, we thought it'd be better. I mean, Houston was missing a huge chunk of their defense, so I didn't expect quite this bad. Uh, three passing, zero rushing touchdowns for him this season. His best weekly finish, eighth back in week one. Yeah. So maybe this is going to be a thing. But also, Jacksonville just underperforming so far. You, I understand. We'll get to this in a second. This offense is playing well on the other side with Houston. You should not lose by 20 to the Texans at no. home. This is a Shouldn't team that made the playoffs no. last year, won a playoff game. They're supposed to be better than this. Uh, very disappointing. Uh, very. 
I thought there were a lot of disappointments, not the least of which was the Jaguars defense, one of the most popular streaming options this mm-hmm. past week. I know we don't talk about streamers all that often on the defensive side of the ball, but what a woeful performance this was against the Texans' backup offensive line, basically except for one player. So terrible. Uh, ETN got banged up at one point. Did he come back? I did not. I, all I, I saw so he, was yeah, a, yeah. a goal line vulture from Tanks Big, Bigsby that made me mad. Yeah, who barely played. Yeah, Calvin uh, Ridley. Are we talking enough about him right now? What yeah. Do we make of this? Uh, yeah. So his target share, 34% week one. So we think, all right, we nailed this. Good to go. Yeah. He's back. He's ready to go. 17% week two, a little beat up in that game down to 10% in this one. Uh, it's going the wrong direction. He did play a season high in snaps in this game too, which is good in some ways that he's on the field 85% of the time, but bad because he played all that. He's clearly healthy enough to play all them snaps and still uh, had three catches for 40 yards. So I think it's just a product of the offensive <clears throat> struggles right now. Uh, that's part think, of it for sure. Yeah, I will say this, and I, I think CJ Shroud is an appropriate player to tie into this. Who was mm-hmm. awesome again yesterday at the end of last college football season when Ohio State loses to Georgia, the entire defense is going to be NFL players. Like two thirds are going to be first round picks. You're like, damn, that kid was awesome in that game. CJ Shroud put Ohio State on his back, and they nearly defeated the back to back defending champions. If the draft had been held a day later, it'd be like, yeah, CJ Stroud is a legitimate, should be like right there in the conversation for the number one overall pick. He goes number two. Those like months of us overanalyzing it were the only reasons why he was not talked about in a more definitive light. He's been awesome so far this year. Yeah. When Calvin Ridley got put it like at the beginning of the offseason, part of my calculus when I was thinking about Ridley was like, he's really good. Hasn't played in over a year. This Jaguars team has a lot of options. Like maybe he'll have dominant weeks, but also maybe there'll be a lot of other players. My mind shifted over the next few months. I just thought about it, thought mm-hmm. about it, thought about it more. And I was like, no, 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 he's the alpha. He'll be the number one guy. Like it's pretty clear. He's a top 15, 18 wide receiver. And all reports suggested we yeah. were on the right track there. Yeah. It was because I kept moving him up too. But it's like as, as maybe it's a good reminder that like sometimes your first impression does really count. Yeah. And uh, so maybe I still think Ridley, if I had to choose a Jaguars wide receiver, it's clearly and obviously him. But on a day in which there was not even a Zay Jones available for the Jaguars, yep. a 10% target share. So Maybe he's more like wide receiver 20 than he is wide receiver 10, which we thought could mm-hmm. be the case after week one. Yeah, and Houston is down two of their top three corners, and I believe Shaq Griffin got hurt during this game as well. It's a disaster right now yeah, for Houston. They won. Yeah. Super gritty week and could not be more impressed with C.J. Stroud. Yeah. yeah. Throwing that pill right now, man. Super impressed. And not just C.J. Stroud, but how about Tank Dell has looked fantastic. I want to give a shout out to our buddy Al Zeidenfeld. Okay. Last two weeks on mm-hmm. Fantasy Football Now in his tournament lineup. On fire. Al yeah. has had Tank Dell in there. He has done incredibly well yeah, so beast. go check him out at smizzle.tv slash links if you want to know how much money al has won over the last two weeks it's a heck of a lot more than i would have assumed uh tank dell is doing unbelievable things so definitely go check out al love that guy yeah uh dell by the way 11th in fantasy points a receiver now on the season despite only playing about a half the time back in week one when noah brown was still healthy touchdowns and back-to-back games has led the Texans and targets in back-to-back games. This is Huge. a fantasy starter now. He yep. was great. He was terrific. Good prospect coming out of Houston. Mm-hmm. Too small, which was part of the reason why he dropped to the third round. But, uh, man, what a fun player he is to watch. And, again, C.J. Stroud, you are making believers out of people that said, oh, man, the Texans screwed themselves by losing, excuse me, winning Week 18 last year. Brevin Jordan, their tight end, said yesterday, yeah. the best thing that ever happened to the Houston Texans was winning that game in Week 18. Because if they lose that game, they have the number one pick. Don't you think, because of the group think that tends to prevail in the draft, Mm -hmm. they go Bryce Young, who, by the way, 
Bryce Young could end up being the freaking best quarterback in the NFL. We are so far away from a final definitive statement on either of these players, but maybe the idea, here's the the point that I do want to make. The idea that CJ Stroud was just a consolation prize was probably overstated during the pre-draft process. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm, I'm with you. He's QB 11 so far this season, back-to-back top 12. So he's entering the streaming conversation. Not not a runner so far. We haven't seen that. He's about 35 yeah. rushing yards. So that could limit his ceiling. We And, and he's a rookie, right? He's probably going to have some growing pains throughout this season. Uh, we'll see. But so far, so great. Looks like a, a great dynasty hold and certainly on the streaming radar. Ooh, did you stream over Justin Fields this week? Ah, we'll save that for later on in the week. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about I don't, it. I don't, that I don't think there. so. Not yet. Right. Let's talk about Jordan Love. Fields, you already mentioned it. One of two quarterbacks to start the season with at least 20 fantasy points in three straight games, and he hasn't even had Christian Watson. Jordan Love, does he need to be rostered for you in a 10-team league? He's a totally fine backup quarterback option. He has 51 completions this year. Jordan Love is a mobile quarterback. He is not anywhere close to like a Lamar Jackson or any of those guys that use their legs frequently. I don't know how he has back to back to back games of 20 plus Mm -hmm. points. Do you Mike? No, it's uh, it feels fluky for sure. I have, I have a hard time. Like I'm he might turn out to be a, for him. Yeah, he might be a solid quarterback. That doesn't mean he's going to be a great fantasy quarterback. It is kind of hard to believe. I will say this, though. You mentioned the rushing. Uh, that's not something we thought he would move the needle on. He did have nine, nine for 39 carries. and a touchdown in this game. So if that I'm not going to say that continues, but something in that vicinity or four to five carries a game. Yeah. If he, if he adds a little bit with his legs, that's enough to maybe get him into that streaming conversation, but I'm not there yet. Under 260 passing yards in every game, 6.8 yards per attempt is below average. So uh, it's not the fantasy points aren't really matching up with the play so far. I'm with you. I think he comes back to earth. Not a starter in a 10 or a 12 team league, but field. Sometimes we talk about 16 team leagues, like the war room. Like that's a, a perfect spot where if you need a quarterback, I realize that you don't feel good about it, but you want someone that's actually at least going to be out there. You've seen production. Well, it's funny in a, in a league that's deep like that. And I think this, I've talked about this before. I felt like this season in the leagues that I am playing in more teams drafted a second quarterback. Yep. We're in the war room, if I had to guess, probably 24, 25 of the starting quarterbacks are rostered. There's a few guys that kind of just trickle through the mm-hmm. waiver wire, like Zach probably, Wilson. I was going to say Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, like yeah. a couple of those guys that aren't rostered. Ritter, Mayfield. Jo- Ritter, yeah, yeah uh, Ritter actually was rostered. and uh, Joshua Dobbs. Disappointment there. Uh, Dobbs, like, do- yeah, Dobbs, a good one, exactly. Baker, another one. Um, Baker might be rostered, actually, by now. Anyway. Neither here nor there. The point is that uh, Jordan Love is a totally usable quarterback, too, in a league like that. Deeper league, yep. I still would have to look pretty closely at the matchup if you're like, hey, my quarterback's on a bye. Can I start Jordan Love? I'd like to see this a little bit more before I feel great about him as a clear-cut fantasy starting quarterback as a backup option. I don't need to see anything more from Ken Walker. That was redundant. That was it, it was a little bit. I knew what you meant, though. What I meant was <laughs> a fill-in starting quarterback. Sorry. Yes. Uh, I don't need to see anything else from Ken Walker. I'm like going to talk about this one. The dude talk looks unreal. Mike. I want to know why they drafted Zach Charbonnet. Good yeah, sure. well, I, I hear that. I, is yeah, that, yeah it, I agree with you. Ken Walker's awesome. He looks good, great. Good player. Here's my concern about his uh, fantasy production so far because he's delivering as a top five fantasy running back right now. Two touchdowns in back-to-back games. He's first in expected touchdowns, so yep. the four touchdowns are legit. 16-plus touches in every game. That's good. Here's the concern. Zach Charbonnet is coming. Is he right? He, he is coming uh, Ooh, season low. Forty nine percent of the snaps for Ken Walker in this game. The snap edge was thirty five to thirty one. I checked Charbonnet was mixed in throughout this game. This wasn't just uh, they were up late and Charbonnet got all the work. He was mixed in throughout this game. Charbonnet, 17 routes. Walker, 10 Walker, had three, a three to two target edge. So 
the passing volume, we thought, okay, week one, he had five targets. This is good. It's starting to dwindle, and we're seeing more of Charbonnet. Charbonnet also, a higher yards per carry so far. That's, I'm, I'm just, my point there is just that he's running the ball well. If this does become what we thought in the offseason and it comes together and they continue to use two guys, look, Pete Carroll doesn't care about fantasy. If he likes Charbonnet and he's making plays, he's going to be involved, and that's going to limit Walker's fantasy so, so upside. High. I, I was, oh, thank you, Field. That was my mm-hmm. prognostication. If you really think that, that yes, Chardon- but, Charbonnet is coming on. Okay, can we do like a 10, like a five-second, like let's just start to name players that you could potentially trade for. Yeah, I think he's, uh, okay, sure. I mean, I think he's going to be an RB2, not a top five running back like gotcha. he is right okay. now. Yes, so, so like if I offered you Jerome Ford, yes or no? I would want Walker. Okay, Walker Ford, yeah. over Jerome Ford. God, it's tough because there's been such a mess here. I know, right? Uh, we need to so sort out our rankings first. Oh, <laughs> God. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson or Kenneth Walker. Ooh, that's third. an interesting one. Uh, I would lean toward... That's close because Stevenson's deferring a lot more to Zeke than we thought in his target shares down. I will give a slight edge to Walker, but that's a close one. Najee Harris or Ken Walker the third. That's Walker. Yeah, that's okay. Walker, yeah. Uh, I'm having a... Is, we are picking guys that are going like down yeah, the RB2 down ranks. You know why? Yeah. Aaron Jones or Ken Walker the third. Well, Assuming Jones is, is available. healthy. Yeah, that's that's see, those are two guys I think I'll rank pretty closely. Okay. So I will lean towards Walker because Jones isn't healthy. It's hard to say sell high on, on Ken Walker the third because there aren't many ascending running backs. Right. And that's if you're the problem. trading him yeah. away, your depth is going to be compromised pretty soon. Yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things I wanted to point out that, you know, this is not like, okay, Walker's just dominate like Charbonnet is involved and he's oh. trending up and he's becoming more involved. So just keep expectations in line for Ken Walker. How about expectations for old man Adam Thielen? The octogenarian, the first octogenarian to score 31 plus fantasy points in the game ever. I don't even know what that word is. I think it means you're in your 80s. Oh, wow. I think. <laughs> He's 80? I did not know that. I was Where not expecting that. that? From? Hashtag comedy Stephania podcast. Stefania taught me it. The ox, ox, octogenarian? Octogenarian. I believe I actually read it in a column about Joe Namath because he recently joined uh, the octogenarian club. I'm going to Google this because I might wow. be an idiot. All right, well, while you do that, I'll talk. Uh, Adam Thielen. Can you add, should he be added on all rosters? Absolutely. Six in fantasy points right now. 25 plus percent target share in back-to-back games. Yesterday, 14 targets, 11 catches, a buck 45 and a touchdown. He had that dud week one, 20 plus fantasy points in his last two. He's clearly their number one, regardless yeah. of quarterback. Bryce mm-hmm. Young was leaning on him. <coughs> DJ Chark actually scored a touchdown yesterday, but it's still been the Thielen show, even with Andy Dalton. And Dalton might play week four as well. I don't think it matters, though. Thielen should be in lineup. Confirmed that octogenarian means a person who is from 80 to 89 years old. But my favorite part of this is they used it in a sentence. And I don't know how or why they thought this was the reasonable octo- uh, application. The octogenarian is making his TV writing debut. <laughs> as an 89 year old making their TV writing well, it could be 81 well, I, thought, right. I was like 97% sure you were going to make a Matthew joke there <laughs> oh man <laughs> I thought that's where you were going dang I, I totally whiffed on that you yeah. really did all oh, right man missed opportunity Daniel Dot, Mike Clay, and Field Jates here on Fantasy Focus, closing this thing out, talking about two Monday night football games, yeah. guys. We got a couple of them. Eagles Both versus the Bucks yeah. and Rams against the Bengals. What are you looking for in this first game? Let's talk Eagles-Bucks first, Field. Uh, okay, so the most important story of the night is the second game, mm-hmm. which involves a very notable quarterback yep. injury. But for the Eagles-Bucks game, what I'm looking for is specifically on the Eagles side, Ken Gamewell and DeAndre Swift both available tonight. What will the splits be like between these two? Could this be the game will show again as it was in week one? Yep. Or will Swift take over as was the case in week two? Or 
They're going to split it right down the middle, like Mad Dog with his yeah. entertainment choices. That's and right. all of a sudden, you have two guys who end up being like <laughs> RB29 as opposed to RB9. Yeah, I agree. It's Eagles backfield. But which uh, which is the better Swift-Kelsey combo? Is it the Ooh, Eagles wow. one or is it the Chiefs Ooh, one? Ooh, you should tweet that tonight. If, if Swift goes off and like has a touchdown run right behind Jason Kelsey, uh-huh, uh-huh. you better which, have which that one. Better, which have it in the holster. Uh, it's Taylor and Travis. I think it's Taylor and Travis, <laughs> though. I agree. I'm I very biased. Two things I'm looking at in this game really quickly. I think A.J. Brown has been a squeaky wheel that's going to get more targets. I'm just curious yep, how that's going to look in this yep. uh, in this offense. And at the same time with the Bucks, I've seen Mike Evans look really good so far. I want to see him keep looking good, but I want to get more Chris Godwin Agreed. involved. Yeah, that's yep. I want to see uh, I want to see my best friend Rashad White do well. That's hey! right. There you go. There you go. My, my yeah. buddy. Yeah. Like All right. that. All right, let's talk about this second game because this is it's really important. where yeah. it's at. Joe Burrow. We do not know yet. We're going to have to keep waiting until what time would you think we will know if Joe Burrow is going to roll tonight? Well, we're guaranteed that it'll be at the latest 6.45 p.m. Eastern time, 90 minutes before kickoff. There's a chance we'll have some reporting by then. I certainly hope so. Here's the good news, though, is that we talked about this a million times on Fantasy Football Now yesterday. Mm -hmm. You had to plant your flag Mm -hmm. on Sunday or Monday. Well, Sunday is behind us. And if you didn't plant your flag, the options are very narrow now, and you need to have a backup. If all three of these players are available still, I would prefer Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield, Jake Browning is the three options. If Joe Burrow is unavailable, I think you guys both see it the same way. If Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow plays, obviously you are playing him. So I will ask you the next question that people are asking, Mike, because again, they've probably already cast their die and decided I'm either playing Jamar Chase and Higgins or I'm not. What is your outlook for them? How optimistic are you if Joe Burrow sits? Uh, I will lower them if Burrow is out. But you're okay. still starting well, them, yes. right? Yeah. But how much though, right? Like I think there are people that are, you know, we've <laughs> seen like the backup quarterback. I mean, not, not the same thing, but yeah. I mean, Garrett Wilson without, and again, they've been some good cornerbacks, but like Garrett Wilson without Aaron Rodgers is yeah, I, I think the only situation where you're it's up for grabs is if you're staring at like, okay, I have T Higgins or Chris Godwin as options. Like, yeah. and you have to be in a really shallow league for that to be the case. So most likely to your point, you probably planted your flag. T Higgins is in your line. You're not benching chase no matter what Higgins is more palatable of a bench in a shallow league. Right. Uh, but again, it, what are the odds you have a guy that's playing tonight? That's a better option. It's probably slim to none. So I think you just go forward with, Essentially, the core three in Cincinnati, you're starting Chase Higgins and Joe Mixon. The rest should be on benches. That makes it so difficult because at this point, especially with it being Monday night, like you're saying, you're not replacing any of those guys with somebody that we like. You're not replacing Jamar Chase, right? First off, the entire week has already played. Yeah, it's it's already been done. It's already been done. So you don't even really have an option. And even if it is as much as it sucks, it's like, what are you going to do here? If he's still going to get and I don't know this, we got to see what it's going to look like if with potentially Jake Browning under center. Yep. What kind of target share does it look like? Does he does it really look as bad as Zach Wilson, or is Nervous, there a chance yeah. that he can come in and be Joshua Dobbs, maybe? And Joshua Dobbs isn't great, but like Joshua Dobbs is able to at least get. He's Marquise. never completed the pass before. <laughs> okay, yeah. I no, no, but like, yeah, he, no, I'm been around. Like, Dobbs he, gave Hollywood yeah. Brown a little bit of value. He, he did, gave Rondell yeah, Moore some value. So like, if we can just respect get to the Cardinals, something yeah. like that. You no, know, we need a fantasy flex option where we can enforce a flex to move this game. Like this week, yes. we're gonna move this game up to Sunday, so we could have made our decisions. Oh, that's flex option. We get that. Do you think the NFL would prefer to have the uh, Dolphins and Bills on Sunday night as opposed to the Chiefs and Jets next week? Oh, my gosh. Maybe just a little bit, right? Yeah. Hey, I just want to, before we end the show, I did want to say, like, 
I am continuing to think about Justin Jefferson. I think a little Pepto goes a long way. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. If things are really bad, um, you can take some Imodium. That tends to do the trick as there well. You yeah. Oh, you seem experienced in this department. A lot I of have cramps. two young kids, so, so that's I, what it we is. have a lot, of, uh, a lot of cramps. Yeah, a lot of craps in our house. All right, let's pick these two games. <laughs> Eagles at Bucks. I'm going to take the Eagles. Mike, who are you taking here? Shocker, I'll take the Eagles. Now make it a clean sweep. Give me the Eagles as well. All right. Other way with the Rams versus the Bengals. Are you taking the upstart Rams? I'm taking the upstart Rams. Really? And the Bengals are 0-2, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going 0-3. Either way, they're winning. I love it. You, you have a very Lee Corso definitive stance to your picks. I love it. Let's, and Which is weird because I'm all probability based. He's an octogenarian as well. <laughs> He's an octogenarian. There you go. Oh, there you go. That's, That's right. It. You That's are, uh, I don't know what Weird. you call someone in their 50s. I'm not... That was mean. That was. That was, uh, a that was I don't even look like I'm in my. <laughs> you look like you're you in a little 20s. bit of salt yeah. and pepper. No, I, little, I look like I'm bit. pushing forty. I think. Um, I'm gonna also take guys in case you win. I'm gonna take the Rams. I was. I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. Rams. Yeah. I'm with you on this one. I give me Matthew Stafford. I still love me some Matthew. Yeah, Stafford. Look, you if, do. If, look, if Burrow's out, the Rams certainly the favorite. Wow. Look at that Hedger. <laughs> yeah, that's, they're the favorite. But yeah. you took the Bengals, so that's okay, what you fine, have. That's how it works. You know what, guys? As usual, the show was not fun at all. Never. Never fun doing stuff with you guys. Plummeting down the comedy charts. What? so great being able to do this with you guys. Well, you know what the problem is? The writer strike is over. So some of those writers that were doing podcasts instead, actually, this gives us a chance. That's right. right. I'm happy that the writer strike is over. We might go up to the top because they're going to have to go back to their normal job of being writers and not podcasters. Hey, check in with us tomorrow. We love you guys. Can't wait to see you on Tuesday. Good luck with Monday Night Football. That's it, guys. That was a really good show. I mean, Fields, you had a really good show. say that after after every show. Do you mean it? Uh, That was a really good show. Yeah, no, I don't say that after every show. Oh, Usually really? on Mondays, Thursdays, and I want honest Fridays. feedback. Could you just be like, you know what, you suck today. I would like to hear that. Sometimes. You didn't. I need to be put in my place. I don't humbled. think. You, I think you, you should leave. I like constructive criticism. Uh, did I see? I think you should. Did I see Tim Robinson at the Lions game the yesterday? Lions game oh, so How do we not talk about that? Dang it. If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact. Every hater's gonna yate. Cause he's on TV every day. A spicy tomato who's got the stats and tweets that'll make you laugh. He's our favorite host, and everybody knows his name. He's Phil.